Welcome to Merely Podcasters. I'm Mira Singer. And I'm Grace Tertislavich. So, what is this? This podcast is to do full cast mm-hmm. readings of Shakespeare plays. Yes, by various Shakespeare nerds, most of whom are actors. Because when you're reading it on the page, you lose a lot, especially if you're not familiar with early modern English, because it's very difficult to parse. You're not used to reading it, because English has, in fact, advanced for about 500 years afterwards. Yeah, quite um, a lot. Yeah. Technically, Shakespeare in English is not Old English, it is Early Modern English. Yes, it is Modern English. If it was Old English, you would not be able to read any of it. Like, not at all. Yeah. And if it was Middle English, you'd only be able to read it if you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But early modern English has mm-hmm. still changed a lot yes. from modern English. Mm-hmm. But actors and Shakespeare nerds like us, we know what it means. Yeah. And so we can speak the speech in such a way that the audience can understand what we're saying mm-hmm. in a way that it's mm-hmm. harder to do if you're just reading it off the page. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, some of these sentences are kind of long and convoluted, mm-hmm. and an actor can parse out the meaning. Mm-hmm and put the phrases in such a way that it makes the ideas clearer to listen to than mm-hmm. when you're just like, why, where was the beginning of this sentence? Mm-hmm. Yes, even if you still don't know what the words mean, hearing it read by actors and Shakespeare nerds who do know what the words mean means that they will convey that meaning to you straight into your ears without you having to parse through what those words mean. Yeah. Also, these are plays. They're not meant to be read on the page. They're meant to be performed. We thought it would be cool to read the entire text of Shakespeare plays yes. because if you go and see a play performed on stage, these days you almost never see the full text of a play performed. Mm-hmm. It's just too long. Mm-hmm. They have to cut stuff down and every production cuts different things. So it's easier to understand Shakespeare if you hear it, but how are you supposed to hear it if no one ever does the full thing? Mm-hmm. But in a podcast, you can have one act be an episode and you can take as long as you want and you can listen to the whole thing. Yep, it's because you're not sitting there in a theater needing to be quiet. Yes. You can be doing whatever it is that you people can, do while listening to podcasts. You it's, can do dishes or drive or take yeah. breaks in it's between like, episodes. I don't know why we're telling you how to listen to a podcast. It's 2021 <laughs> and you've probably listened to like 500 of them by now. <laughs> yes. The version of the play we are reading is from the first folio of Shakespeare plays and we are doing the first folio punctuation. Yes. Because in Shakespeare's day, grammar rules were not really codified. If you're in a grammar class today, they're like, oh, don't put a comma just because you're supposed to breathe or have a pause or whatever. But in Shakespeare's day, that wasn't the rule. Yeah. He didn't even have a rule for spelling his own name. He spelled it like 17 different ways. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And nowadays, if you pick up an edition of Shakespeare, chances are it's been repunctuated because modern people are like, oh, Mm -hmm. the grammar in the original is not right, so I'm going to fix it. But it changes the meaning all over the place. Now, to be clear, the punctuation in the first folio is not necessarily what Shakespeare wrote because the first folio was compiled after Shakespeare's death, but it would have been much closer to Elizabethan grammar conventions, so it can help us get closer to an authentic understanding of what the text was meant to sound like. Yes, and they also act as cues to the actors for how things are supposed to be read, what goes with what. I was in a class, we were practicing monologues, and we were breaking the monologue down into beats of meaning. It's like different sections <laughs> of the character's thought process. Yeah, yeah. And one of my classmates was working on this speech and he could not figure out where the beats were. So he sat with our teacher, he couldn't figure out either. And then the teacher said, wait, which punctuation are you using? And it was a modern edition. And they looked up the original first folio punctuation and figured out the beats immediately. Yep. Yes, so that is important. Whereas the modern punctuation that modern edits of the plays do is mostly just to make it easier for people to read, which is 
hit or miss. Yeah, or to make it more consistent with modern grammar rules. So mm. I stand by the original punctuation. Mm. Also, between mm. each act, we have discussion portions. Yes, where we go through what we've just read, have some Q&A with the people who have read it. So you can hear both how they approach it as an actor and also their interpretations of the text and also adding a little bit of literary interpretation and historical context to the act that you have just heard. We won't go through literally everything, but yeah, if no. you're listening to it and some stuff you still don't understand because mm -hmm. there's stuff in the text that we just don't know anymore because of it mm -hmm. was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But some of those things in discussion will be like, oh, when they do this, that's what this means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not all historical context. If you want the full historical context, you should probably read the annotated version and then just read every single footnote, um, <laughs> which is very boring. So we don't blame you if you don't do that. Yeah, no, we just do the interesting bits. <laughs> yeah, the things that are interesting to, to us. us. That was some good use. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for if you want to hear what we think about it, like what does Shakespeare nerds find so interesting about this play? Yeah. So for the discussion portions, you can listen to those or you can just listen to the play. So we yeah. have one episode for each act and then mini episodes with discussions after each act. But you're not forced to listen to the Q&A just because you wanted to hear the play. Sometimes you want to just listen to the play. It's like, yeah. it's designed that you can put it on like an audiobook and just mm -hmm. be like, oh, I want to listen to this play today and mm -hmm. just hear the whole thing without having to hear us talking about it mm -hmm. after every act. Yeah. So if you just want to hear the play, you can just listen to the play. Or if you're already familiar with the play and just want to hear our interpretations, you can just listen to the discussions. Or you can listen to the act and the discussions together. Yes. Or you can can listen to the entire play and then go back and listen to all of the discussions. You can kind of just listen to whatever episode you want in whatever order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so who is this for? This is for anybody who wants to understand Shakespeare better. If you're in a class where you're studying Shakespeare and you can't physically read it and or you don't know what to trouble reading about, it. Yeah, because when you're first reading it, when you're like 13 and in eighth grade, of course you don't know the patterns of early modern English, you're 13, yeah. and nobody's ever taught it to you. Middle school, high school, college, any level, if they're mm -hmm. like, hey, you have to read this play, and you sit down and try and read mm -hmm. it, and you're like, this yeah. is difficult to read. Yeah. Or if you want a deeper understanding of Shakespeare. If you're writing a paper about Shakespeare for a class, you can cite this podcast. Or even if you're like 45 and you're like, what the hell are they talking about over there in Shakespeare land? Yeah. Or if you're a teacher teaching Shakespeare or an actor who's doing Shakespeare, whether you've done Shakespeare before as an actor or if you're coming from another field of acting to do Shakespeare. The discussion portions touch on what it's like to act the parts and insights from the performers about the Shakespeare acting process. Process. Yeah, at any time you want to just be like, hmm, I'm interested mm -hmm. in knowing more about yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah, or even if you are already a Shakespeare nerd, and therefore you want to listen to some other nerds read Macbeth. Yeah, and um, see, hmm, what did these nerds do, and what do these nerds have to say about it? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say nerds a lot, because yeah. that's who we are. But yeah, this is for anyone who's interested in Shakespeare. Whether you are studying, have studied, or never studied Shakespeare. Because you don't need to have a degree or have studied a lot or anything to appreciate Shakespeare. A lot of classic literature people try to pretend that there's something highbrow about Shakespeare. It's not. And Shakespeare no, was oh pop God. culture. Shakespeare yeah. was for the masses. If Shakespeare was alive today, he would be making Avengers movies. <laughs> it's true. The yeah. Shakespeare expanded universe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Speaking of historical context, back in the day, when people went to see a play, they didn't actually go to see a play, they went to hear a play. Yes, especially with Shakespeare plays in the Globe Theater, because here's a secret from someone who loves the Globe Theater. The Globe Theater is a terrible place to see a play. Yeah, it's there got like no pillars everywhere. Yeah, there's pillars everywhere, it's this weird round mm-hmm. thing. The nobles, you can't see the stage at all, because they mm-hmm. went to be seen, not to see the thing. Yeah. But you can hear from everywhere. Because hearing the words that were spoken is the most important thing. Yes. So, let's let's hear hear a play! play.